Ramble. What's up, everyone? I am so excited to be here with, that's right, the You Can Sit With Us partners. <laughs> we have we have Ariel's husband, Ned. Hi. We have Becky's significant other, Keith. I'm her husband. <laughs> we have we have Maggie's uh, lesser half, Zach. Uh, yep. Oh. <laughs> and then we have uh, not Rachel. Hey! <laughs> nice. It's it's so great that these these huge uh, content creators have allowed you guys to have a podcast. But I'm I'm very uh, fortunate to be here to join you today. I'm excited <clears throat> to talk uh, and reconnect. I've been gone for so long. Welcome back, Eugene. Welcome hey. back. I feel like we are finally whole once again. You know, without you, Eugene, I have no holes. But with you, I like one big hole. You're saying that Eugene fills your holes? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I already regret this. I'm going <laughs> to bow out. <laughs> I didn't make any hole jokes, Eugene. You can still be my friend. Uh, that, that makes me want to fill your hole, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> We've got so much to catch up on. You know, it's like we've been texting with Eugene while he's been gone, but this is weird because this is the first time that we've seen you, you know, face to face and interacted with you in six weeks. So because of the time difference, there would be always a whole bunch of texts and emails that Eugene would wake up to. <laughs> Must have been delightful. Just imagine a day's worth of correspondence with us. But yeah, Zach, you're saying a, a lot has happened. A lot has changed. We're going to dive into all that. I want to hear about your time in Korea and what is it like to be in a competent country. Uh, but maybe first, we had a lot of excitement to get this podcast going today. Yeah, seems like we're totally unprepared when we aren't on a regular <laughs> schedule. So Zach had taken one of my memory cards. There's a missing mic, but... You know, that's what I mean, happens. we roll in. We think it's going to be 9.30 a.m. <laughs> smooth as sailing, yeah. which honestly, sailing's actually not that smooth. So that's that's on that's on me for bringing it up. But Eugene he got his coronavirus test. That took like an hour. Boom, we're pushed mm -hmm. back to 10. I didn't have a microphone. <laughs> I went to the office. Fortunately, it's close enough. So I said, oh, I'll just jog to the office, you know, get oh, my jog? exercise in. You jog? I jogged, you know, I'm a, I'm a jogger. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a man of the outdoors. <laughs> oh, something fell over. It's a mic stand. <laughs> Put my mask on, got my shoes on. I jogged to the office, got a sweat, and then I get there and I can't find a mic. What, 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 what am I supposed to do? We, I this wish we a, could just record this on cell phones. A little tease forward, but we're actually working on some additional podcast projects. We've got two coming out in the next few months that you'll learn about soon. But as a result, we've been shuttling our microphones back and forth to the office. I think it's time we're, we're going to we have to buy more stuff, right? That's what we learned this morning. I've been playing kind of jigsaw type games, taking their equipment and kind of moving them around, etc. But Eugene, I'd love to hear about your time in Korea. Well, Miles, I was actually there because unfortunately my stepfather had passed. He um, had uh, been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and he passed within a month of finding out he had it. So it was very unfortunate. Um, would not wish that upon anyone. Cancer is terrible. And there's something very surreal about bearing a parent. It is uh, yeah. something that you don't expect to do until well after you're 60. So it was it was really rough. But I do think, I, I'm, I know my mom actually listens to the tripod, she told me. So 
in in uh, Asian culture, we she told me I cannot talk too much about what's happening with the family. She said, <laughs> just write it in your screenplays, but don't talk about it on the internet. So <laughs> I will not be divulging anything further. My biological father's fine, but unfortunately my stepfather is no longer with us. But uh, yeah, in Korea, uh, I was there to help out with the family and I got to reconnect with the motherland, which was very uh, fulfilling in a lot of ways, very clarifying. And certainly the strangest thing was being in a country uh, and seeing how they're handling the COVID-19 crisis as opposed to what we're used to here in the States. Because I know when you go to Korea, a lot of you have to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel. Did you have to do that? I did not have to do that because I luckily and very unluckily got the quarantine exemption because he passed. So I was allowed Uh. to go to his funeral um, in a very shitty uh, sort of ironic sense. You aren't allowed to be out of quarantine if your family is sick, but if they die then you can get out so he weirdly gave us that final gift which was (laughs) well you don't have to be holed up for two weeks but typically yes when you travel to korea um there's a mandatory two-week quarantine where unless you can prove that you are blood related to someone you have to stay in a government sanctioned facility and that is either a hotel a motel a dorm wherever they put you you have to go there and um I got a taste of it when I first arrived in Korea, because when you first arrive off of the plane, first of all, there's like 20 different stations you have to go through to even get out of the airport. And a lot of that involves downloading an app where you have to check in every day. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's it's very, very rigorous. Wow, yeah. And then they bus everyone off to an off-site location outside of Seoul, it took an hour to get there, where they give you a COVID test. Everyone's dressed in full hazmat suits. They give you a COVID oh. test, they this lock you in separate rooms. This is from the airport. Uh, oh. They lock you in separate rooms and you have to wait the entire day until you get the COVID results back because they're not going to let anyone who tests positive into the country, even if you came with a, a positive <laughs> test. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but which is kind of crazy because everyone on this flight is Korean and it's Korean air and everyone was literally most of the people were in beekeeper suits on the plane like asians don't (laughs) fuck around they were already way safer than i've ever seen anyone else what was baggage claim like full of bees it was (laughs) so many fucking bees so many bees every korean loves to uh beekeep in their spare time yeah everybody sends their bees around (laughs) yeah it it basically what would typically take maybe half a day to get out of the airport took about a day and a half so i got to my mother's place and as I said, I got to uh, be exempt from quarantine because I had to deal with a lot of the funeral um, arrangements and the uh, and go to the cemetery. But Korea itself is really interesting because. Um, Wait, sorry. One more thing. The did your test come back that quickly? Was it like let they didn't release you until you came back negative? Yeah, you take the test about. So I came in the morning, so I took it around 10 a.m. and it came back at 6 p.m. Wow. And it was the nasal test. Oh, oh you did the pokey they poke. They scrubbed your brain. Oh, they haven't oh, yeah. been doing that in L.A. No, and I'm probably just a freak, but I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I was kind of excited because I was just curious to see where, I don't know, the physics of the face, you know, like it. It, your your nostril doesn't go where you think it goes. It kind of goes straight back, <laughs> not up. What? So... Yeah, it, I mean, it goes like here, and then it connects to the back, the top of your throat. So it loops around. 
You, you ever get that weird scratchy feeling like that's neither your throat nor your nose, kind of in the sinuses area? Y'all ever sneeze when you're eating rice and then you shoot rice out of your nose and yes. you're like, love that, like a little BB gun? The rice spot, yeah. scratch the rice spot. I basically dead-eyed the, um, the poor young man administering the test and he looked a little concerned because I was smiling while he did it. And he asked me in Korean after he was like, are you okay? And I said, oh. Yes, I'm very okay. So um, <laughs> luckily I freaked out people immediately right when I got there. But um, yeah, so Korea is interesting because one, everyone there has sort of generally followed the guidelines put forth by the government. And so no one is seen without a mask. Mm -hmm. You might see some stories that have come out recently because there has been a surge in cases over the last week. And by surge, it was about 300. And all of those cases, I, I know it's like 300 cases. And even my, yeah, my mom started, my mom started freaking out and all our friends were like, we all have to stay inside because there was 300 wow. cases. Um, mm. And that's in the country or in Seoul? In the country. Whoa. 300 cases, just like Tampa on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To give, to give like clarity on that, they freaked out because it went over the hundred mark per day. America's generally been in like the 30,000 something per day for new cases, oh but God. Jesus, but I mean, Korea, Korea is a smaller country, but I mean, Seoul is one of the most concentrated areas in the world in terms of people per square mile. And so the reason why this outbreak happened was because there was, um, a sort of mega church of sorts. And this church is also known to be anti-government. <laughs> so mega church. Yeah. It was kind of more or less tied to a group that was already sort of resistant to the COVID measures. So again, it kind Classic. of falls back on people not following the rules. But And that's how Korea's first first surge happened was also uh, traced to a church, I believe. Yeah, the first surge was from a church. The second was from a gay bar. And then the third was from a church. The so, extremes of life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want to get out of following the rules, you you do it for Jesus or dick. Those are the two. People go People go crazy for Jesus and dick. There's a t-shirt. Get that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think they hang up naked Jesus in all the churches? You get both. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And some dick so good it makes you believe in God. Yeah. Hey. Fills the holes in your heart. So how, Eugene, how long were you actually in Korea? I was there for about six weeks. And when was the last time? Like, had, has it been a while since you've been to Korea? Yeah, it's actually been about 10 years since I've been to Korea, mm -hmm. which is a oh, shame. Wow. But uh, my mother spends half her time there per year between France and Korea. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't go for a while because I was very work obsessed and wanted to, you know, succeed or whatever. But uh, it was- Growing your career. Yeah, work on my career. Very, very Asian of me. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was cool to go back. Um, the big thing is because people follow rules, pretty much everything is open. Um, wow. Restaurants are open. Wow. Theme parks are open. Um, theme malls parks? are open. Yeah, wow. everything is open. Uh, but that's because everyone wears masks and everyone is trying to. I mean, you get a little nervous because you're oh, on the concerts. subway and it's packed. Yeah, sports games are open. Um, but they, you know, because the 300 cases just happened recently, they closed some of the top things like bars and sports arenas because of the 300 cases. Um, so Korea has a three level system, level one, two, three for threats. And generally, if it hits three, they try to close as much as possible. So right now they're in a two. But um, 
The other really crazy thing is they, um, there's a public alert. So if you were in Korea and you have a cell phone, you get a public alert every single time they have a new case. Wow. A, a person. So everyone's cell phone you hear goes off at the same time oh my God. with what sounds like an Amber <laughs> alert. And it happens a few times a day. And it literally lists the information about where that person was oh. when they Whoa. contracted it. Oh my God. So Wait, if it says horrible so, sound. No, it's kind of like, like a, a text alert. sound. Yeah. It's just oh. the way that an Amber alert just kind of appears on your phone gotcha. randomly. US, your, your push notifications would be going crazy. Yeah, you just yeah they can't crazy. do that here. I mean, I wish they I feel did. Like but that would be good though, because if, if we actually yeah. had to see every single case on our phones, maybe we'd finally realize just how many cases there Agreed. are. Yeah. yeah, so it, it happened like maybe three to four times a day. And I mean, that's good because then you can see like, oh, okay, I was also at that Jimmy John's. Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe I should go get tested and stay in my house. Yeah, so you're <sighs> expected to go self-report if you were in that area around that time. And most Koreans do that. They only resort to then tracking cell phones and where you were if you are someone known to be connected to the area like this mega church that recently got the surge. All of them aren't reporting. So now the government has to go in and find that. And it wasn't necessarily the church. They were at a protest, hilariously, an anti-COVID measures protest where the <laughs> pastor of the church got COVID. Oh, so no. based oh, on no. witnesses and people's you know, cell phone data, they knew about 500 people were there. So even in Korea, there's a fringe of people who are like not wanting to wear masks. But it's like very, 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 very fringe. Yeah, and it's less about, I think, people's personal rights. I think for Koreans generally, it's really just they either maybe believe in a conspiracy theory that is not real. Mm -hmm. But for health, usually I think Asian culture, particularly since they're more um, uh, equipped for pandemic situations, they all are very careful about public health and safety. So it was it was interesting. Like There was just no question that if you didn't wear a mask in public, even just walking out of your house, people would stare at you and shame like stare at you and make you feel ashamed i just looked up the numbers for so you said that there was a 300 so about 300 cases over like the last several weeks that was like the uptick yeah um right so it seems like yesterday alone and this is from publichealth.lacounty.gov there were 989 cases in la county alone new cases new cases by the way because a lot of americans aren't necessarily testing or reporting their cases yeah. in korea you you kind of have to and i saw like you went to the mall yeah, I was at the mall. There were hundreds <laughs> of people there. went to a fucking mall. Yeah. Do they have Hot Topic there? Do they have Hot Topic in Korea? <laughs> no Hot Topic. The fuck? Mm -hmm. I was no if I could get topic. the cool shirts. As if I they got, you know, Uniqlo. They got some of the basics, all the basic American brands. But um, yeah, the malls are open. Can you also talk about, uh, I, this is the only things I know are like, you posted three stories yesterday. So I'm like, this is my source of Korean <laughs> news. But uh, they had these these retrofitted iPads that were checking temperatures outside restaurants. It looks so cool. Yeah. So for any um, larger establishment, particularly office buildings or restaurants, they check your temperature with um, cameras, infrared cameras. And uh, some a lot of places just carry thermometers. So I went to a museum once. I uh, went to a went restaurant to a at the top museum? of a hotel. You were on top of a hotel? <laughs> yeah, and all of them, they test your temperature uh, right when you walk in. We had an instance where we went with some of my mom's friends and one of their friends, her friend's daughters was like 0 0.01 degrees over the allowed temperature. So they wouldn't let her in. So she had to oh, stand no. outside. We <laughs> waited for about 45 minutes for her 0 0.01 to go down.
It's like forgetting uh, your ID or something. You forget your ID, oh, they don't let you in. It's like, oh, your temperature is too high. You're like, okay, I got to go get some ice like, ice cubes and <laughs> rub them on my forehead. Cool yourself down. <laughs> it's, it's funny, those that, um, like that video technology that does take your temperature, I have encountered one of those in oh. the greater Los Angeles area, mm. and oh. it was to let me into a weed store. <laughs> the place with the highest security and care over <laughs> yeah. coronavirus so far has been a marijuana dispensary. That's amazing. That's great. That's pretty what, good. what I had wondered, and I don't actually know this, is if, because everywhere here now has the temperature guns, which, by the way, where have those been hiding for the last 30 yeah. fucking years? Uh, look, has we this technology <laughs> just came out of the blue? I mean, this is amazing. We could have been pew-pew in people's foreheads this whole time instead of the stupid thermometer under the tongue? Are you kidding me? Yeah, what is I that? I think they've... I think they've been around. I think we're just old now. I think we just grew up we just, with stuff under the tongue. We just prefer the, the rectal thermometer. <laughs> we just would like rather have a rectal thermometer. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they only give me the rectal thermometer every time I go to the doctor <laughs> still. <laughs> it, I want to know, sound off in the comments, if you had ever encountered a thermometer gun prior to this pandemic, I want to know because I feel left out yeah. and it's so cool to me. What I wondered with the, the iPad screen is if they are also doing like facial recognition tracking so that if, you know, it's basically a way of contact tracing where they're saving your faces so that if there is an outbreak in that restaurant, they can go back and see, okay, here are all the faces and now we can track who was here. I mean, they could. The big thing though is that they might not even need it because you already voluntarily um, have the app, like a couple apps when oh, you the phone app, come to yeah. the country and you have to uh, self-diagnose and send in reports every day through the app. And you just are forced to download it. Is it like a diary? Can you like be really artistic with how you talk about your day? <laughs> I mean, you could leave comments, but generally it's like temperature and just saying that you haven't re you haven't had any symptoms. I woke up a little late this morning. <laughs> Rolled out of bed. <laughs> For the two weeks of quarantine, they also had the people working for the health department calling you every day. Whoa. Whoa. So it is rigorous. And when I came here to LA from Korea, nothing happened. I literally no, walked of off the plane. Not. Nothing. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, they, they say through the announcements like, oh, you should quarantine for two weeks in your house. Um, good luck. They don't mean luck, it though. <laughs> I imagine oh, Keith Keith checking in with his Korean government official. <laughs> Dear Roger, the the sun came out today. I saw a beautiful bird on my doorstep. The virus still has no symptoms. Thinking of you, XO. Thinking of you. <laughs> what was nice was one of our one of our officers was. Um, there's a whole thing for countries. I mean, I don't know if y'all have this experience, but for non-native English-speaking countries, like English is uh, basically required language to learn. And for many people, especially in places like Korea, they're kind of embarrassed if they don't speak English very well. My mom lived here for over 20 years and she still gets embarrassed when she speaks English, even though her English mm. is perfect. Yeah, so it's because, out. yeah, and it's weird. Uh, so my, one of our officers was right when he started speaking, I knew he went to college here in the United States because he had that, that perfect, semi-perfect English um, that he was comfortable enough to speak with it. And it's funny because when I open my mouth in Korea, my accent is crazy when I say anything Korean. It's awful. <laughs> I feel like a country bumpkin. I feel like the way that people have made fun of accents in America, which is dumb about people who have either migrated here or immigrated here, I look like the stupid American. When <laughs> I speak Korean. Yeah. So I actually, I, instead of attempting Korean, most of the time, I'll just speak 
in English because at the very least they go, oh, he's so good at English. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm just trying to get get past with like, oh, yeah, I'm American born. I'm super, super good at That's English. Really funny. You they, you just get, assume that you're smarter because it's like, oh, yeah, wow. I'm, I'm like, what's worse? And also what's worse is like they already know I'm American. So they're probably already thinking that, you know, I either escaped the country because of covid to come here. But um, yeah, it was really it was cool to be able to be there at the time and also kind of experience Korean culture as it happened in Seoul, such as. Right. K-pop like BTS and ITZY premieres happening while I was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very different experience to be in Korea while that was happening. Can we talk? Can we talk about it? Can we? Can mm-hmm. we dive into a little <laughs> BTS action? Can we? Can we just go for it? Can we do it? I have a question. This is an important yeah. question. Is the city Seoul pronounced that way in Korean? Seoul. So it's very close. Because in in the BTS new BTS song Dynamite they say a little funk in soul and i was wondering like in korean do they know that that's a double entendre and is it like oh that's fucking good writing right there they know it's a double entendre yeah they they nice. get it soul i believe in korean actually means capital city to go into some mm. dark history i believe it was named that Ooh, after goody. after the japanese stopped their occupation and the korean war happened whenever it was officially designated the capital city they just named it Capital city. Capital it's like, city. Huh. It's literally like like a like Airbender or something. Being like, "Welcome to Capital City." Mm-hmm. You could say that it was named that because of the war. Literally because of the war. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the city got into a little funk and then Seoul. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited because y'all and um, Dynamite is BTS's first full English song. Yeah, and, yeah it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. K-pop is so popular that. They don't necessarily have to do a, an entire English album or track, mm-hmm. but this is the first one y'all actually heard because uh, there's a video coming out where y'all do a little BTS research for some music videos and songs I recommended before Dynamite came out. But now that Dynamite came out, what do y'all think that you get the full like English version? Well, at first, I thought I'd I mean, understood Korean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I, I made it. <laughs> I know what they're saying. I know what milk Galaxy is. Galaxy brain. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. I'll tell you this much, Eugene. It is making me look at glasses of milk totally differently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jungkook (laughs) is fucking sexy drinking that milk up top. I see that and I'm like, oh my. This is, oh my. We are in for an experience. I, okay. I, I need to say I have flirted with the idea of being a huge BTS stan. I'm not part of the army. I just want to admit it. I, I, you know, only kind of surface level knew about BTS and then started getting a little more into it over the last month. This song is changing my goddamn life. I'm having the time of my life. When I say, okay, so everyone, all the BTS stans are tweeting like, hey, stream, stream Dynamite, stream Dynamite. That's literally what we're doing over here. Maggie mm-hmm. played it has played it probably 30 times in a row. It's the only song that is played in my house. I I watched the music video and I'm like, this is so fun. And then we kept watching the music video and then we kept watching the video. And now I'm like, I'm seeing little moments. They're little, <laughs> just like, I'm noticing new things. I know every single member now. I can recognize them, which is thrilling, no. which was very challenging for me before because they keep changing their hairstyle. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, I know them and I'm starting to love each of them for their own little, little quirks and idiosyncrasies. I've got my biases forming. It is 
you know, and you know what it is, is that this is the first one where I'm in it on the ground floor. All the other songs I like, you know, I listen to Idol like, you know, months late. So I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to watch it once I get it and then move on. But now I'm like, I'm in it. It's thrilling. I'm having a great time. I'm very I, excited yeah. about I'm this. I'm also <laughs> just into any disco pop, any country disco pop that is happening right now. Miley Cyrus is doing a lot of like country disco and I'm like super into it. I just like disco. It's just cheerful yeah. music. Like Dynamite honestly sounds like it could have been an ABBA song. Like it it oh. like halfway through they just start saying syllables it's like na 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 hey like that's that, that is not that different from an abba song in it's like how it's written it's more fun i think than an abba song but like it's disco it's like straight up disco oh my god what if we it. get a mama mia movie but instead it's only bts songs but it's like meryl streep in and on her greece vacation <laughs> singing bts yes <laughs> I feel like that'll be the Mamma Mia. That'll yeah. be the Mamma Mia for Gen Z when yeah. they're 70. Yeah, they'll go so to Broadway to see the BTS version. It's going to be called Dynamite, not Mamma Mia. And yeah. it's all about, but it's still like older white women going to vacation yeah. like in, Ita yeah. in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> How long oh, do you wow. think it'll be until like a, a glee like show totally ruins Dynamite though? Oh, because it's too much soon. fun where everybody's going to want to sing it. It's going to get ruined. Like kids bop's going to roll in any second now and fuck this up for all of us. <laughs> you know, what's so funny, though, is, you know, I, 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 I knew with Dynamite, especially with I mean, BTS and K-pop is really just now synonymous with viral media uh, <laughs> that y'all would be on board. But, you know, I've been trying to push the K-pop agenda since I was in college, like 2004. And even when we were at BuzzFeed, I was pushing K-pop to everybody and everyone would go like, oh, yeah, that song's fun. But no one actually kept listening to it. You know, I was just like, oh, here, here this. Honestly, the first group that y'all stand was Four Minute because you liked Hell their yeah. vibe. Oh, so uh, do. Yeah. With Hyunna and everyone just being like way more, a little more like Western hip hop, like just full on horn hooks. But um, yeah, I think we're at a past a point where now K-pop is just like it's no longer uh it's no longer just um, a niche thing. It feels like adults just kind of listen to it like it's just, uh, just music. a track from a Western artist. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because in um, Korea, all the older Koreans, like my parents, they could give zero fucks about K-pop. Yeah. Like it <laughs> is course. truly an international young person's obsession. But my my like mom... She she's very aware of everyone because they're in po on posters everywhere selling like, you know, face creams and cell phones. But she it's so interesting because older Koreans, they they live through a lot more. And all of that is very much a representation of of a certain amount of glamour and mainstream and uh, excess and, and beauty that they don't really relate to. They just find it. Um, they just find it. Interesting mm -hmm. that people are so interested in their culture. But when you go to Seoul, you'll see some of it, but generally you also won't, it's not all K-pop and, and K-dramas and K-beauty. Uh, the older people don't prescribe to that. There is something hilariously escapist about it, right? It's like when you look back 
at August of 2020, what is what is the biggest song in the world? And it is a song that literally has seven men dancing as rainbows explode behind them. It could not be further from our daily reality. And that's why I need it so much right now. (laughs) I mean, the visual language of it is so colorful and beautiful mm -hmm. and bright. And it is like sunshine and rainbows in a music video. This makes guys, me happy. Do you guys know what um, uh, the army does on Twitter? What they do to their usernames? So, so they put so there are seven members in <laughs> BTS, as you know, as the uh, resident BTS historian. Let me share my knowledge with you guys. Sure. Uh, so, so anyone who uh, you. thank you, thank you, anyone who identifies as being part of the army puts a little seven just next to their name. And so Maggie comes home one day and she's like, "I think I'm gonna change my name to Maggie to the seventh power." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" She's like, you know, Maggie to the seventh power. I'm like, what? She's like, you know, the little seven. And I'm like, oh, you think that it's an exponent? <laughs> you think that everyone's doing a math thing? And she's like, yeah, yeah well, what would you call it? I thought that was very adorable. Maggie times Maggie times Maggie times <laughs> yeah. Maggie times Maggie yeah. times Maggie times Maggie. <laughs> Maggie times Maggie. That's a good formula. Yeah. You get a lot of Maggie from that. You get a lot, well, you get mm-hmm. one giant maggie (laughs) wow (laughs) terrifying currently uh dynamite has 209 million views in the past six days and it is growing at 175,000 views uh hour per second no not for (laughs) a second would be crazy but i'm sure no it did i checked and i if it had oh i'm gonna forget this now it had some well, whatever. I can't. Remember it broke. Yeah, it broke that. the YouTube record for yeah, first, right. I believe, ten minutes or hour on, and it it just went over a certain amount of millions of views. Every new BTS song or really Blackpink song, um, those music videos always Shadow break records. the new record, mm-hmm. which is why for some reason Armies and Blinks have this like maybe do they do they not uh, rivalry about views and blocking other oh. views, which at that point is just like come on guys, like they're both very different groups. Just support. They're called blinks. Yeah, Blackpink fans are blinks. Um, blinks. Yes. (laughs) Now this is Ned times to shine. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Blackpink is in your area uh, as as a blink myself. Wow. (laughs) I'm gonna have Uh, to get Keith. I'm similar to Zach in that when yeah, (laughs) yeah, when Do 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 came out, I was I was pretty hooked and definitely doing deep dives on on everything. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I watched, Zach, I watched Dynamite, and I was like, I mean, it's no Blackpink, am I right? So that's probably where the, that's probably where the little dynamic comes in. I appreciated it. We but I was throw like, well, but down. how did I feel about this other one compared to how I feel about this one? Do you have a bias in Blackpink, Ned? Um, I like uh, <laughs> Jisoo. Jisoo. That is one of the members. Very good. All right. <clears throat> I like Selena I, uh, Gomez. She's joining. <laughs> yeah, they have a new song coming out tomorrow yeah, called Ice Cream. The trailer for it, but it was like the first time the trailer didn't even like s- like somewhat sample even any like line of the music. Like there's no <laughs> music in it. It's just them trying like, I'm excited to be in a song with you. It's like, yeah, we're excited too. Yeah, I'm really excited to do a song. Yeah, us too. It's like, okay, well, well we'll do it then. Yeah. <laughs> and that was all it was. <laughs> it was like a video chat. Like that's not a trailer. That's a conversation. It's like a them like what was that? Just give me a give me a taste. <laughs> not even like a not even the just a snippet of the chorus. Not that I could tell. I mean, I'm sure there was some underscoring music, but it wasn't like loud enough to actually determine 
what the song would sound like. Well, Keith, mm. are you sure that they're releasing a song and it's not actually a, a conversation series? <laughs> How funny would that be? A conversation with Blackpink and Selena Gomez. Yeah. I, I have a question about biases, Eugene. Uh, and if people don't know, uh, the idea of a bias is that even within this big group of seven people, there's one that is like your favorite and, and there are whole sub communities around each individual member, uh, which is pretty wild. And like Twitter accounts that have more following than us just for one fan account for one member. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Are you allowed to have more than one bias, Eugene? Because I feel like I do. <gasps> yeah, you don't Some have to have just one lot. bias. Mm. You have one ultimate bias, but then I think a lot of people have different I don't know tastes for I different do. for different characteristics. I mean, K-pop has basically just created a dictionary that it comes from what you naturally feel when you are a fan of a group. So you always people felt this since, you know, Jackson 5, Supremes, all the way up through Destiny's Child, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls. It's just K-pop decided we're going to make we're going to make like. The, the group Bible, right? We're going to make uh -huh. terms. Mm. Like literally, it's <clears throat> not that you are an NSYNC fan. When groups are created, the name is created of the fandom. Like that's their official fandom name. Mm -hmm. So it's all sort of like designed. Um, but I mean, all pop music is essentially designed in a lot of ways. So they just don't pretend about it. But yeah, you don't have to have one bias. But I think you have what's called an ultimate bias, which is it is just the one that has your heart regardless of what you're you're critiquing them on. I even love the idea of bias rather than favorite, you know? Like a favorite means, oh, I like these and I don't like the others as much. But a bias means, oh, I love all of them, but uh, I, I kind of lean towards this one. If you just twist my arm, why don't you? Is it more like, are the type of celebrity that I am, just so I can understand a little more, is it more like, a Britney type of celebrity, and I mean like Britney in her heyday, where like she's sort of untouchable. She doesn't really have like a relationship with her audience, or is it more of like uh, a personality where they're tweeting a lot and they're like kind of doing additional content? No, I think there is more of a parasocial relationship involved. Oh. Where when I when I did some deep dive and research, like they each have their personality quirks, and one's known for being like an introvert, one's known for being the mm. goofy one. Um, I think. A lot of that is true. They, they, it is way more parasocial now, but mm -hmm. I think that they were originally, K-pop was originally a uh, essentially like a, a music and group factory. Mm -hmm. So there was less engagement on social until the internet and social became a huge part of the, the K-pop culture and they realized that the international fandom was very important. I think a lot of what actually made BTS, especially the first group that really broke through was that they were the ones who toured um, American and, and international places and came face to face with fans outside of Korea and Asia. Um, and I think they, the K-pop industry soon realized like, oh, you can't just produce stars and then let them be, you know, Barbies or toys for people to enjoy. BTS kind of showed that there is a very deep relationship with fans that needs things like parasocial engagement. And so now they are very on top of uh, kind of like making sure that it doesn't feel like everything is just manufactured because this, Interestingly enough, the stardom of these K-pop stars um, has surpassed even the, I guess, the mechanics of their industry, which previously, like even 10 years ago, was very like controlling over their personalities. It still is right. in a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. they have a little more independence and autonomy because it's very hard to uh, think that people are being forced to, um, you know, essentially be beloved by millions of people 
because eventually I think fans are going to be able to see if someone is unhappy. Do uh, as they're composing the groups, do they think about like, okay, well, this person, they'll be like the shy one. This person, they'll be the crazy one. Yeah, they mm. do because they they all come up through camps through mm. their the studios and so it's you know, like now, part of their personality, but also kind of you're yeah, fitting in a box. And I'm sure once part of their personality starts shining through, like that will organically create more about their persona. But generally, I mean, they're coming through these these K-pop camps run by the 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 main the main labels. And they're so crazy. They're selected from since they're like in middle school. So one thing you can't yeah. deny with K-pop is middle that these school. are yeah, these are very talented crazy. people. They are like trained like athletes. Mm -hmm. And then Whoa. not all of them become K-pop stars or selected for a group. A lot of them go through this training and then never even make it into a group. Ned, can I blow your mind? I forget uh -huh. what member, but whoever the youngest member of BTS is. Uh, the other members were at his middle school and high school graduation before they even released a single song together. Oh, because Wait, like they're what? all paired together like immediately. Yeah, one of them is younger than the others. So they've been working oh. for so long that oh, one was wow. in middle school. They went to his middle school graduation. Oh, they went crazy. to his high school graduation and then they released their first song to the world. I got to jump out. I wish I could sit around and hear more about how children become stars in Korea. If only <laughs> if only we had that same pathway here. Here, we're just sending our kids back to school to get sick. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but I'll catch up with you guys more later. See uh, you later. Bye, right, bye, Keith. You know, Eugene, I guess my, my burning question uh, about your trip in Korea, to bring it full circle, did you consider not coming back? Because it sounds pretty great over there, <laughs> and I maybe would have stayed. Yeah, sounds safer. I was tempted because <laughs> it is very nice to go to restaurants every day, and certainly, you know, there's. I feel like there's always this response from you know, usually people more on the right who think that the thing that you sacrifice, especially with Asian culture, to be safe with public health is your independence or they think it's a socialist mentality to all abide by the same rule. But I it, I think it just really comes down to, um, I mean, there's some cultural aspect to that, but Asians, in particular East Asians, are very concerned with getting sick. They, they just have like a natural propensity to protect themselves from any sort of disease. So no one is like following the rules because they're, they've been sort of harassed by the government to the point where they feel like they have no autonomy. Um, people just really don't want to get a cough. <laughs> like that's kind of what it comes down to is people just are concerned for themselves and their families. And it was very, that was the most refreshing thing to see is that you're just kind of reminded that the bottom line is that people are actually getting sick and as a, a general public to be sensitive to that and to be empathetic to the group is the right response when it comes to a pandemic, you know, because even if you have maybe some valid points that go into like sociopolitical issues about should I follow everything the government says, that's one thing. But in the middle of a global pandemic, to have a general agreement from every single person you pass, even if you make eye contact with them, that they all believe I'm wearing a mask because I don't want to get you sick and I don't want to get sick. That was so refreshing. There was like no debate about it. The only people who literally debated that are again, part of the recent spike because they were out on the street sharing a mic, yelling about how they didn't want to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like a very particular um, 
situation that was good to see, especially being American, uh, getting that feeling that, you know, in the end, I think people should just be more empathetic about what it means to potentially uh, to, to potentially become sick in this situation. And I think mm -hmm. it, it's really gotten lost in the dialogue with uh, certain countries, especially America, where it's become something about independence and government oversight. But really, it's just like, yo, people have kids, people have grandparents, no one wants to risk them getting hurt. And uh, yeah, that's why Koreans and Asians take their shoes off when they go in the houses. It's just it's just they don't want dirt yeah well, and there's also the broader culture of preventative medicine and like thinking about your health proactively instead of reactively and I, I that i think it just trickles from the top down and ironically it sounds like there are more freedoms you go to restaurants you go to malls sports games are open with people that can actually go to them cooperation who knew i i do think that idea of Taking like a mandatory app that you have to download on your phone is something you the U.S. could take. I mean, if this whole, you know, if like the United States buys TikTok or whatever, like then they could force it to be downloaded on everyone's phones <laughs> and it comes with your phone just like Microsoft Clippy. Oh, yeah. Hey. You do a little you do a little health check with a dance. So it's like, how are you feeling today? I'm good as you hit the whip and then. If you, can you still do the woe? Yeah, I can. And you, you take it back and mm -hmm. I like that, that wasn't the woe. That was the woe. That wasn't a anyway. woe, Zach. No, I know. I, I was still whipping and nay-naying. I, I got confused. I'm, I'm a few it's years It's okay. Behind. I just made a clippy reference. <laughs> I liked it. That was fun. Y'all are really aging yourselves up here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, six long weeks without you, Eugene, the life has been sucked right the fuck out of us. I know that you spent a good amount of time with your siblings and you kind of teed up right before you left that you're going to have to be quarantined and stuff with them. Your sisters, as we know, you and your sisters have a very fun dynamic. How was it spending <laughs> so much time with your sisters? Well, so actually we we ended up staggering. So I, I was there with my younger sister. My mm -hmm. oldest sister is going to go uh, next week. Mm -hmm. And so uh -huh. we, uh, you know, it's funny because we are, we joke about being very brutal to one another, but we're just brutally honest. And mm -hmm. so we're we're very tight. We love each other dearly. Um, probably tighter than a lot of siblings because we've we went through so much trauma as kids. Mm -hmm. But I think our big thing was, you know, we certainly got into a couple arguments about things that were not even related to COVID or my stepfather passing, mm -hmm. but they were all very dumb and uh it was all good. I think that it's funny because sibling dynamics are really interesting because you really you really could be so shaped by the peers that you grew up with within your house mm -hmm. um, and everyone is very in, like invariably different based on what their siblings are like but um we were so hyper competitive as kids that mm -hmm. that is i think where all of that comes from and it was weird for me not to see that most siblings are not like that you know because i think it's generally healthier not to pit your kids against each other. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> we just naturally did that because I think it's part of our culture to try to one up the yeah. other. Right, right. But I see people like Ned and Zach and they are like the most loving siblings <laughs> to their sisters. So it's like, even though we come off as very lethal to one another within mm -hmm. the Try Guys context, we're actually very tight. Yeah, my sister and I had such different interests. I wonder if I had like a, a brother that was like very close in age to me that like liked all the same sports or something. I could imagine just being super competitive because I'm very competitive. Just my sister and I didn't really 
compete in the same arenas. I think it's part of the humor too. My older sister got married uh, in Paris, like basically behind Versailles, mm. and right <laughs> during during the ceremony, I, t- wow. I turned to my I turned to my little sister and I said, <laughs> "You're fucked." <laughs> 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 Not that my little sister cared, really cared about having a, a bigger wedding, but I was just, I was just like, there's like literally no way you could beat this, this wedding. Yeah. Um, but that's just our humor. Yeah. But I think, uh, it was good to spend time with family mm-hmm. and there is no place like being home, even if it's during the middle of a pandemic. It is just strange being, uh, you know, when you're, I guess like a person of color or child of immigrants going back to <clears throat> your your home country mm-hmm. it's just so interesting because i look more like everyone there so they assume i'm korean and they find out i'm american there's all these complex you know s- social interactions and expectations happening that i don't really deal with here in america so it is very um it is very eye opening to be able to do that i i wish only like more people got that type of experience but not everyone is like directly descended from like one country. I bet there was probably fewer like random white tourists with fanny packs uh, betraying how Midwestern they are just walking around public places because there's there's no, no tourists. tourists, no travel. Yeah. There were not. The only um, foreigners there were were people who either studied there or taught there and they, I think, elected to stay or go back to Korea because of COVID. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. It was very... Uh, it was very interesting. It was very, very heavily Korean. In was the, the airplane stressful? No, because or the other crazy thing pretty? is airports are ghost towns. There's mm-hmm. no one in the airports. Oh. The plane Whoa. I was on both ways was maybe a third full. So wow. there's just like no one flying because, yeah. especially coming back to America, there was barely anyone on the plane. So you could stretch out, watch yeah. movies. <laughs> Yeah, airports are Eat all the snacks surreal right now. It feels like if this really was a zombie apocalypse, then we know which countries would probably be faring better right now. I mean, it's as close as we hopefully will ever get, and I think we can say that we did not pass the test. Now that I'm back, I got a bone to pick. <gasps> I got a bone to pick, Miles. Boner for me? You have a boner with me? No, no, no. I don't ha- I'll never have a boner for you, Miles. Okay. I have <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. I don't know. I have I-, I have a I have a bone to pick because I never have bones to pick, but I feel like I should pick this bone. Mhm. Pick it. So everyone knows that I like follow very few YouTube channels, and the one that publicly was most known because I would recommend it to most people was uh Bone Appetit. Mhm. And as we saw over the past several months, um, Bon Appetit has essentially devolved their video department because of pay disparity and inequality for the people of color on the staff. And not just the staff, they're, they're like primary cast on videos, uh, particularly Sola and Priya um, and Rick and all of them essentially, you know, exposing the company for not giving them the same pay for equal amount of work. So... I am just so sad and upset because after their uh, their talks with the Bon Appetit at large, the company, they couldn't even match the basic demands that oh, yeah. they they asked for from a very public uh, falling out. 
And we all have experiences working for, you know, a large media company. So I get that there's certain rules in place, but even in the midst of this cultural mm-hmm. moment, they couldn't just honor a basic demand to be, you know, given an equal amount of, of compensation for the same work. And so yeah. Priya and Sola and Rick, and I believe uh, Carla, Gabby and Molly all also decided to no longer be in videos. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, I, and I chat with a couple of them over social media and mm-hmm. I think it's just so disappointing and sad because yeah. I think the chefs are so talented and they're the ones that made that YouTube channel pop. It wasn't necessarily because it was Bon Appetit, it's because their personalities were so, uh, so great and uh, gregarious and fun. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I wish if I had billions of dollars, I could just take, you know, Sola and Priya and create a different cooking channel for them or something. We could be like, Good Mythical Morning and buy Smosh from Defy Media. Can we start a Tri Kitchen? Yeah, cool. we start the Tri Kitchen. I don't know. I, I think they probably would benefit from hopefully upstarting something on their own with no white people involved. <laughs> Since that was well, a huge part not, of the problem. I'm happy to not be involved. Yeah, yeah, I'll be a silent partner. But yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to say as I watched that happen, I was just so. It's just crazy because when it comes down to it, there's some sort of bureaucratic red tape or something happening over there where they couldn't even just give people what they, yeah. the basic thing they asked for. And that just sucks. It is such a shame though that it takes like, I just feel like we're watching the same thing over and over and over again. And what happened at Bon Appetit is the same. It's this tale as old as time. And it's a shame because they, so, they were so wonderful. And to hear that all that strife was happening behind the scenes uh, to such wonderful uh, talented people is just a bummer. Yeah, and it wasn't even their main job to be in videos, right. you know? Like they're all, some people got more paid because they ended up in, as video talent, but then they were just kind of like, it was like, oh, well, we, we know this very well. Like, can you be in this video? Can you do this? But then they be, ended up starring in the videos. So even the fact that they weren't being paid for the basic stuff they were doing outside of videos, mm-hmm. you know, was is just crazy. It's all, it's all very, very, suspect and i i don't like that that is still happening across media and in many businesses and it just kind of goes to show that like a lot of times people of color are just like not valued in the same way from the from home base just like there's so little value when it comes to this idea that they should be given the same contract even though they are immensely giving more worth and value to the content by just being on camera. So that's where the divide is so grossly, um, it, it's so grossly unfair because that's just where it comes down to is that you you can say that you have brown people on your camera, but then you don't actually compensate them. It's it's gross. All right, is that is that you ready for us to just transition in? Yeah, we're at an hour. Okay, cool. Then I will hold my idea of starting a Bon Appetit OnlyFans. <laughs> No, you can say that. A Bon Appetit OnlyFans. Honestly, OnlyFans is the thing that's popping off right now. Did you see? Okay, so Bella Thorne started a lonely, uh, an OnlyFans. A Lonely Fans is what I would have. But she... <laughs> <laughs> it's just what? People who are sad that want to look at pictures of you being sad? Yeah, yeah. Not lonely. bad. I'm going to start bad. Lonely Fans, which is just sad me being porn. like, I, was, uh, I didn't want to make lunch, so I made peanut butter toast. Uh <laughs> But what, Bella Thorne made two million in two days or something like that? Two million dollars in 24 fucking hours. And I don't understand. Like, I guess it's like Patreon, but sexier. Uh, Not necessarily. 
She's not even post. I mean, I was gonna say not even posting nude stuff, but that not that she has to. But yeah, like, did you get I on there? Are you the are you a patron? Because you can't see that stuff unless you pay for it. So. I read an article, Miles. <laughs> Uh, but I thought that was the point of it that it was like oh like nudie photos anyway fucking whatever uh, but maybe the Bon Appetit staff could get together and do an OnlyFans and be like we're not doing softcore porn we're doing soft food porn and it's just really sexy shots of the stuff that they're cooking and if oh. we can give Bella Thorne two million dollars in a day then let's give it to the hardworking chefs and the wonderful people of Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit. Only fans. Hey. Bonely fans. <laughs> Ooh. Bonely. It's for dogs. Yeah, but I guess they, I think, isn't Only Fans uh, direct to the content creator? It goes in their pocket, right? Yeah. It's kind of like you're, you're giving the money. Originally, it was more geared towards porn um, or just things in being nude or sex oriented things, which. I'm all for, but now it's like a general content creation platform. Like Cardi B's way, on it, but she's just posting original videos. And, mm-hmm. and look, look at the trajectory of the Try Guys. Are we much different than a public OnlyFans? We began posing in our underoos. A big company takes most of the money, <laughs> and you know what? We're we've de- we develop the people that they like the goods. They like the goods. They like the goods. <laughs> I'd say we went reverse OnlyFans. We started with the bods, yeah. and then we said, you know what? Here's some personality, too. I think it doesn't have to be nude, too. You could do an OnlyFans and just post pictures of you, like, looking sick, like, you know, like, hanging out in front of your house. <laughs> All right, I mean, I now it's get... basically, like, it's just like a YouTube. Everyone's just posting whatever they yeah. whatever they choose. Wow, guys, I mm. think I have to go uh, <laughs> set up an account yeah. so oh, yeah. if, if you're waiting one. for zach's lonely fan account where you can just see my life slowly crumbling uh you might need some advice mm-hmm. and dare i say when it times when it comes time for the advice you go to the man the myth the legend miles bonsignore this is advice that'll go for miles with miles bonsignore it's advice that'll go for miles. Tune into your radio station. It's advice that'll go for miles. Everyone get ready. Miles Nation. Miles Nation. Go. It's advice that'll go for oh, miles. Where do you even go? Uh oh. He comes back in a wig. Yeah, I swear to God. Miles, don't you What's up, Miles Nation? How oh, y'all boy. doing tonight? Okay, for podcast oh, wow. listeners, he is uh, wearing a long, long blonde. Brown. Oh, is it brown? I, to me, it's like a yeah, dirty blonde. Maybe it's like no, a it's dirty blonde. blonde. You look like oh, Nickelback. Now, now he's added a hat. Yeah. Y'all are dusty. Ooh, insulting the oh. audience. Have oh, y'all ever wanted to be fresh and clean and spick and span like a licked clean <laughs> butt? <laughs> yeah. Have y'all ever wanted a cool wind of air to touch you in your mouth and say, that's what I call clean. Lose a little less on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Use a hand grenade to clean your house. (laughs) What? What? Compressed air is a hand grenade of sorts. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I want you to get a can of compressed air <laughs> to clean your desk. Can y'all hear that? Nice. Yeah. That's, That's good audio. You can get a can of compressed air to squirt the dust away. Onto your floor? Onto the floor. <laughs> You'll get it later, Ned. Don't be shy. If you can get a can of compressed air at my desk, I've got a lot of special pieces of electronics on my desk, and I like to clean it with a, <laughs> a can of dust. As I lose the accent, this wig becomes sadder and sadder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can you spray the hair? Can we see it like oh, yeah. dust up the hair? Huh. Yeah. There Probably we go. Probably not good for you. <laughs> Probably not great for you, but I've been using this can of compressed air. Not a sponsor, so I'll hide the brand, but it says Duster. <laughs> um, and uh, cleaning my desk and my electronics with it, and it is a blast. When you don't have time to go grab a napkin, <laughs> dust it away, Eugene! I've been gone six weeks have these advice that have, that'll go for miles gotten better or what did i there was one have, good have one worse? but yeah. mostly they've gotten worse this is the first time this is the first time i'm wearing a wig for sure yeah i like the wig you look a lot like nickelback <laughs> hey thanks yeah <laughs> i i would say that the theatrics are improving but uh, -huh. uh the the advice itself is crumbling before our very yeah. eyes yeah it's right i'm not really going out in the world and living life so it's hard to come up with good advice for it <laughs> it's all right i mean <laughs> I, I, for me it was never about the advice i usually expect terrible advice from you <laughs> yeah that's fair More like i'm pleasantly surprised when i'm like that's pretty good tip i should eat more oranges yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> but this one is real good for electronics so you don't have to get water on them you can kind of just spray it but sometimes I if you like turn it. it upside down you can cryogenically freeze stuff yeah, i've always fine. loved those little things i could i want to get one but miles you, you can't use only a duster to clean your house you need a uh, bunch pretty of sure stuff. the advice says that you can <laughs> pretty sure y'all is dusty and y'all need to <laughs> dust away your stuff it does oh, I'd get love to see like a fire mm -hmm. extinguisher size duster you know like, <laughs> like a leaf dust blower under your bed yeah, yeah. i yeah, bet that you that the, the the dust can what, what do you call those i bet you the the compressed air uh, world has taken a real hit because I used to need those when your keyboards had crevices and dust would get trapped underneath it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But now all the all the keyboards sit flat. There's really not room for dust to get in there. Well, they sit also, flat you unless think... you've got a cool mechanical keyboard like oh. me. So, oh, clickety-clackety over here. Clickety-clackety. Eugene, I, you, you would think if I'm not leaving my house, where does the dust come from? But it's yeah. the house still gets dirty even though I don't go outside. It's yours, isn't it? A lot of it your skin. Yeah. I think that's like correct. Skin, skin and <laughs> hair, and yeah, it's yeah. it's fucking gross, yo. Well, welcome back, Eugene. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, it's it's great to have you back. We're really excited. Uh, you are back home. And for everyone out there listening, make sure to subscribe and leave us a five star review. Also, check out our YouTube channel, youtubecom tryguys, and get some merch. We have the Miles Nation merch here. I'm repping it on the YouTube. Damn right, uh, y'all! Go get it. Tryguys.com right. and check out our Patreon. We got exclusive content over there. You can hop in the Discord and chat with us at patreoncom tryguys. Another perfect episode. Wow, perfect. Good. What do you think? Good to be back, Eugene. Since this is your return, I will not put you in this spot. 
Miles hit us with the official tripod theme song. Y'all is dusty. Clean up your house. Until next time, stay beautiful. I'd sign up for an OnlyFans for Miles and Wigs. <gasps> I think that one we can definitely call Lonely Fans. <laughs>